Hello everybody! Today I will be talking about aeroponics, hydroponics, and aquaponics. I cannot fit information about balancing pH and nutrients in this podcast, so I will have an entire episode on that next time. For now, I will talk about the pros and cons of each system and how to set them up. I will start with aeroponics, then do hydro and aquaponics, mostly at the same time, finishing up by explaining how to incorporate fish in your aquaponics. The main concept of aeroponics is to grow plants without a rooting medium and have their roots sprayed with nutrient-rich water. The first question I ask myself is, why choose aeroponics? Well, when the plant's roots are exposed to air 24-7, they uptake more oxygen, resulting in faster growth. Aeroponic systems are also extremely water and nutrient efficient. They use 95% less irrigation than plants grown in soil, and since the nutrients are in the water, they get recycled too. The plants only use what they need, the rest drips off. This system can also be set up in ways to save space too, such as vertical setups. Because it is a closed system, there is not runoff that can taint water supplies. And the equipment can be sterilized as needed instead of using harsh chemicals to treat pests and diseases. It is also indoors most of the time, so there are less pests in general. Plants are also easily moved. You just take them from one hole to another instead of risking damaging the roots by digging them out of dirt. Now I have to ask, what are the cons of aeroponics? First off, it can be expensive. You may not even be able to afford the parts for the type of system you want to build. And if you don't want to have to figure out how to build it yourself, prefab options are extremely expensive, in my opinion. Then it requires it constant attention for a few different reasons. The pH and nutrient densities have to be monitored because the system is sensitive. Side note, this also means you have to have extensive knowledge on, of nutrient requirements for plants. The rooting chamber, or where the roots grow, has to be disinfected regularly. The nozzles have to be cleaned regularly because the nutrients can build up and clog them. And any kind of system failure can result in the loss of plants. That means if a nozzle gets clogged, if a pipe starts leaking, or if your pump goes out, you could lose one or all of your plants. Then, if a damaging microorganism gets introduced into your water, you'll have to clean out the whole system and change the water. During this process, you'll have to continually hand mist your plants' roots so that they don't dry out while you're cleaning the system. I recommend two to five people to do this job, depending on your system size. Another simple problem is that since plants are grown in holes, the root or bulb crops tend to get stuck in the holes, so you'll have to take your system apart and cut the plant to harvest it, or use large holes and even larger cones to hold the plants up. Then, sometimes the roots get too heavy for the flexible cones and they fall right into the system and drown, clogging up the system as they do so. You also typically can't grow perennials in this system because the roots grow so large. Now that you have the info needed to know whether or not you want to make an aeroponic system, let's discuss how to set up a system. Aeroponics can be done in a myriad of different ways. First of all, all plants are usually started in a coarse growing medium so that they already have roots. You can use coconut husks, 
rocks, or you can even plant a seed into styrofoam that has a hole all the way through it. Then, in a typical setup, they are grown in a flat platform with holes in it. Because there is no rooting medium, you'll need to do something to keep your seedlings from falling into the holes. If you started them in a styrofoam or coconut husks, you should be able to use that to hold the plants in the holes. If you used rocks or some other loose substrate, you will need to have some sort of cone that is firm enough to hold the plants upright in the hole, but flexible enough for the roots to grow. Or use a cage or a combination of both of these methods. You can also utilize towers with holes that are cupped at a 45 degree angle. In this setup, the spray nozzles would be at the top of the towers and gravity would make the water reach the plant's roots. Beneath the plants, you should have a reservoir of water with a pump in it that leads to spray nozzles that spray your plant's roots with water. The reservoir, pump, nozzles, and plant roots should all be in a dark chamber called the rooting chamber and closed off to retain humidity. You can use almost any kind of piping to lead to your nozzles, but PVC is most common. The pump should also be attached to a timer. How your timer is set up depends on the kind of system you have set up. There are three main types of systems, low pressure, high pressure, and ultrasonic. The spray from a low pressure system has droplets instead of mist. A low pressure system is also the most affordable option with the most easily available parts. Small plastic spray nozzles you can get at any hydroponic shop are what's usually used here. And you will want to have about three nozzles or more per plant. You can also order them online for a relatively cheap price. As for the pump, you can use a typical fountain pump that you would use for a decorative pond. You should time a low pressure system to 5 minutes on and 12 minutes off. A high pressure system sprays a fine mist. This system costs quite a bit and you may have trouble finding the specialty nozzles needed to operate it. Most likely you will have to order them online. You should only need one nozzle per plant. To be considered a high pressure system, the water must be sprayed at 50 microns per droplet or less. This system needs a pump that achieves a pressure of 80 to 150 PSI. Typically, this is achieved with a diaphragm pump such as a reverse osmosis pump. High pressure systems should be run 15 seconds on and 3 to 5 minutes off. In ultrasonic aeroponics, you use an ultrasonic fogger instead of a pump, in which an oscillator vibrates a ceramic disc more than 1 million times per second atomizing the water and creating fog. This option is the most expensive and has a different setup. Your reservoir will need to be far shallower and closer to your plant's roots, as the fog tends to settle in the bottom of large reservoirs. Depending on the fogger you get, it either needs to go directly in the water or on a damp foam or sponge layer. If you get the kind that goes directly in the water, you need to be sure that the water level does not cover the fogger. No piping is necessary unless it is to connect different reservoirs. Ultrasonic foggers are usually run constantly except when cleaning the rooting chamber and the fogger. You generally only need one fogger for, per four to six plants depending on the plant spacing. 
Sadly, an ultrasonic fogger is not practical for a tower system since it needs to be in the reservoir and can't have water piped to it. You could technically put your reservoir at the top and allow the fog to drift down over the plants and have it pumped back to the top at a specific speed that keeps the water at the right level for the fogger. But I've never seen this done. Now, why, you may ask, would you choose a more expensive method? Because the smaller the particles of water, the more quickly and efficiently the plants uptake the water and nutrients. Thus, you lose less of both. Now, let's move on to hydroponics and aquaponics. First, let's break down the pros and cons of each, starting with hydroponics. Why should we choose it? Well, it can be cheaper than our aeroponics, depending on how you set it up. The water and nutrients are recycled like in aeroponics, though not as efficiently. In general, it is a closed system, so there isn't much nutrient runoff to taint water supplies. If you provide a sterile environment, there is generally no need for pesticides. Generally, you will grow it in a heated greenhouse so you can grow year-round. It also produces higher yields per square foot than traditional gardening. You can manually transfer water, and you don't necessarily need power. Now for some cons. It can be very expensive. It needs regular monitoring, though not as much as aeroponics. Power outages can end in the damage of your plants after about a day, unless you hand transfer your water and don't grow in the winter. So again, not as bad as aeroponics. Moving on to the pros and cons of aquaponics. Some pros are that it's possible you won't have to add nutrients due to the fact that your fish will be adding nutrients to your water. This also means that your fertilizer is automatically organic. Water is recycled here as well. And when you have to flush the system, it's only organic fertilizers in your water that could run off. If you don't have a sterile environment, you can feed pests to your fish. There is also a higher yield per square foot here. You also get fish as a product. Some cons are the initial cost can be high. Breeding fish can be complicated. You have to figure out what to feed your fish if they aren't grown with your plants. You have to add buffer to your water to prevent swings in acidity that could kill your fish. You have to keep fish heated if you want to breed them and keep them year-round. Hand transferring water becomes more complicated since you have to have water for your fish constantly. Hydroponics and aquaponics have the same basic setup. Only aquaponics adds fish to the process to add nutrients. There are six main types of hydroponics. The first is called the Kratky method. This method is very outdated, but can be used to understand the basics of hydroponics. All you need is a jar or container with a sturdy lid. You cut a hole in the top and put your plant in it and hold your nutrient solution in the container. Then cover the container if it's see-through. That's it! Then there's a deep water culture. This method is done basically the same as the Kratky method, only it has an air pump to provide oxygen to the roots. It is also usually done on a larger scale, with a tank or tote. You will want to change your water regularly with this system or have it moving regularly so no negative bacteria can grow in it. You can do this with a pump, cycling it in a circle, or you can have an extra reservoir at one end that you hand transfer water into the main reservoir and it backflows into your extra reservoir. You will need to transfer your water two or three times a day 
or change your water every week. Next is the wick system. In this system, you have your plants in one container above another container. The top container has a wick in the bottom of it that goes down to the bottom of the bottom container. You put your nutrient solution in the bottom container and the wick brings just the right amount up to the plant. You can also put a small hole in the bottom of the top container to allow excess fluid to drain off and into the bottom container. Now we have the ebb and flow or flood and drain system. This is where you grow your plants in a coarse medium and have water pumped over the plants for 10 to 15 minutes every two hours during the day. You either need a two-way pump that will suck the water back out or you need to have it gravity fed to, to a hole that leads back to your reservoir. At night you can let, let the system rest or if it's particularly hot and dry, have it run twice through the night. Because the roots aren't in the water the entire time, they get more oxygen and grow better. If you are really ambitious, you can hand transfer your water and let it gravity feed to the reservoir at the low end of the system and pouring the water at the high end of the system every two hours during the day. Another option is the nutrient film technique. This technique provides even more aeration. You have the plants suspended above a flat surface with the roots still protected from light and you have your nutrient solution run over it like a waterfall. You only need the flat surface to be at a slight angle, just enough for the water to move, but not move too fast. The plant's roots will grow down to the flat surface and make a mat of roots to take up the nutrients, while the rest of the roots take in oxygen. You will have to have a pump running constantly for this one. Lastly, there is the drip system. This system is very similar to drip irrigation. You need to have your plants in some kind of substrate and have hoses with drip nozzles going to each plant. You'll have to have a low power pump in your reservoir to feed the hoses with water constantly. To add fish to any of these systems, simply put the fish in your reservoir, the rooting chamber, if it is just water, or in their own tank at one end of the system or the other. If you put them in their own tank, you will need to have the water pumped and cycled through the tank before it hits your plants. You can also have your fish at one end of the system and have the water gravity fed to the other end where you have an extra reservoir that you transfer from. Just be sure that if you are ever removing a quantity of water from where your fish are, you must leave plenty of room for your fish to breathe until the water is refilled. As you can see, most of these systems rely heavily on electricity. While there are workarounds for hydroponics and aquaponics, they can be difficult. Just keep this in mind when you are setting up your system. If you would like a free PDF copy of my book or just have questions, email me at nuttatailoguides at gmail.com. That's N-U-T-T-A-T-I-E-L-L-O-G-U-I-D-E-S at gmail.com. Continuing our journey to self-sufficiency, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye!